Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Star Trek The Next Generation? I did, did you? Boy, did we. <laughs> yes, yes I did. This is a show you can't fake not watching the show. Like, if you didn't do your yeah. homework, it's going to be real obvious. Because it goes one way or the other. <laughs> Are you saying that I didn't do my homework on other shows and you I'm saying if you, know you ever try it? to pull it off, I will be interested to see. <laughs> yeah, I like that part. <laughs> no, That we... part, also good. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed this episode. Well... Let me try that again. <laughs> yeah, this was an episode. This was an episode. I liked. I when I when I read the description of it, I like. Is this true? But yeah, I guess it's the description. Uh, Booby trap episode three hundred six. While investigating ancient derelict ship. The Enterprise gets caught in the same energy trap which doomed the vessel a millennia ago. I guess what we should also add to that is. Jordy flirts with a diagnostic hologram and kisses her. Oh yeah, he kisses. Well, here's no, the thing. she kissed him. She kissed him. Yeah. Well, she he had his hand on. Well, we'll get into it. Hold on, before we start, um, do you guys want another Coco No No? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Is that just favorite. coffee and soda water? Yeah. How do you? It's Coco. actually tea. No no. Coco No No. <laughs> I've had too many. <laughs> That date was rough. It was mm. it was refreshing to see something not on the like the bridge of the Enterprise as like an opening. It's like, oh, this is an awkward date scene. Okay, I'm I'm down for something different. And boy, boy, howdy, we get we establish that Jordy is uh, not great in the romance department, right? Mm. Dressed in his civvies. Yeah, I loved her outfit. That like pink crop top shoulder thing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his idea of romantic music though is uh, Johann Brahms. <laughs> like, yeah. Dance yeah. something number five or something like that. What's it called? <laughs> Hungarian oh. dance or something. It feels like something out of a montage of a 90s film or something. Right? It's whatever like they could get royalty free at the time. <laughs> <laughs> or is it a shout out to Dr. Leah Brahms, who we will meet in hologram form later on? I wondered oh. that. I wondered that. That would be better. We don't I know if it's actually Brahms, do we? Uh, well, they are spelled the same. Uh, I what I learned from reading a little bit of Memory Alpha was that the character was actually named after after another character uh, that would be a descendant from a character from the original series. But that makes they, sense. Um, but apparently, that would have uh, required hiring a black actor, and apparently, the casting department had already hired this woman before they realized that issue, and so they just renamed it to Brahms. Apparently, oh. Wow. Really interesting, like, uh, right? So, like, uh, they were trying, I don't know what the deal was with that. They were trying huh. to, like, have it be a descendant from an original series character. Uh, well, let me look up the name of it. I don't know where to start with that today, but yeah. I do want to say I wish that Jordy had a beach-specific visor that had little, like, maybe a wood veneer and palm trees carved in it. That'd be oh, fun. that would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs, he needs, like, skins for his visor. But, Becca... Who would that benefit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. You got me there. You really got me there. I mean, when he looks in a mirror, he still sees like an electromagnetic image, right? He doesn't really see those details. He could see the difference in metal or wood, though. So 
Yeah, yeah. In the early draft of the episode, Brahms was named Navid Daystrom and was intended to be a descendant oh, like of the Daystrom Dr. Institute. Richard Daystrom from the original series, The Ultimate Computer. Unfortunately, the casting department did not realize that this would require a black actress to play the part until after Susan Gibney had been hired. At the suggestion of script uh, coordinator Eric Stilwell, the character was renamed, but the Daystrom tie-in was kept by adding a line that she graduated from the Daystrom Institute. Aha! Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, on the plus side, at least we have an interracial romance, so that's good. We didn't, um, you know, keep it limited yeah. to only thinking that way, but yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Uh, but the, their chemistry was, uh, <laughs> kind of interesting. Like what a weird way to have them like start fighting right at the beginning of their, mm. of their it's not fighting. Romance. She was uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. You meant uh, with the hologram. I thought yeah. we were going back to the date oh, with the date. Sorry, Christy. Yeah, I jumped ahead. Let's continue with what's her name? Christy. <laughs> Christy. Yeah. So uh, don't blame her. Uh, he's not the the suavest, but he's he's a sweet guy. But um, I don't know. But you know what? He planned that holodeck for for weeks, which is really sweet. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment. That caught me that off was. guard for sure. I love the delivery of that. Uh, but yeah, so the data crew says. Uh-oh, in a way that is iconic and memorable, and I have made a button on my stream deck because mm -hmm. Wesley says, uh-oh, when seeing Jordy is back early from his date. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another uh, case of mimicking human mannerisms. It was a wonderful From choice. the best character ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, before they can Fred get into Spiner. it. Before they can get into it with Jordy, though, uh, Data gets called to the bridge, and it turns out they've found a derelict ship in an asteroid field. In an asteroid field that belongs in a museum. Ah, the holy grail for someone with few interests, such as not children no and archaeology. <laughs> Old stuff. <laughs> now, to be fair, we've we've remarked several times that they finally like expanded on him a little bit. One thing oh, yeah, at a time. She killed I guess. Crusher's husband. That's the other thing. <laughs> Slayer of Jack Crusher is yeah. Captain Picard. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Character he's very point. excited about this ancient ship, which uh, is like, what, maybe a thousand years old is what he said? They say many times, a thousand years, <laughs> the Aurelius Nine. Uh, well, it's nice because this was kind of like a nerdy episode. We've got Jordy at the center of it, and then we see Picard nerding out over his passions, too. So it's kind of nice to see this enthusiasm uh, and to see, you know, where you can channel it. It can be both yeah. beneficial and detrimental. It could trigger traps or get you kissing holograms. <laughs> mm. What did you guys think about that moment when Riker and Troy are exchanging looks over Picard's boyish excitement over getting to discover a ship? I thought that they were saying that they, they think uh, his behavior is... Um, you know, unusual. He just seemed like kind of regular old Picard to me. Oh, I thought that there was like a joy to it in that, you know, Troy is empathetic and would be experiencing just as much enthusiasm and joy and having that spread on her face. And then Riker being connected mentally as an Imzadi. I would, I, that's what I kind of got is they were kind of enjoying the moment of Picard being kid-like, but not kids, not on the bridge. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I feel like they were trying to establish that, oh, we haven't seen this side of him before or as yeah. often. This is nice to see this. And so 
So I, I think they also showed it by how he kept trying to explain to people how ships in a bottle are cool. Like, yeah. Even like, like from our perspective, like it's super old school. So like for yeah. them, they don't even understand the concept. Like, like Riker's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but we've seen ships in bottles before. On the ship, right? On Isn't the ship. There one in, in the and Jordan, Jordan yeah. made a giant Jordan one. did it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, oh, yeah, that's connections. true. Oh, it's between right. these nerds. He was asking the wrong person. <laughs> I also like the joke uh, in the transporter room where Picard was like, has no one ever done this? And Worf was like, I, I never played with toys. Data says, I was never a boy. I was never a boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, uh, it, have you seen The Good Place? There's a character, Janet, who is has a similar vibe of like an AI and she's constantly like, not a girl, not a boy, I'm just a robot. Yep. I never had a childhood. Yeah. Yeah, I love that she constantly says, not a girl. Yeah. Uh, you know, shout out to the NB. Um, yeah. And Picard is like, hey, uh, you're, you're smiling at me. Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me like the children did when I made model airships as a boy. What is this? I am a captain. I will not it's be a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> O'Brien gets in line, though. He did play with model airships. O'Brien did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, we, he, we think he did. Or he's not, he's he's not sucking up. Brown nosing. So we go to the derelict vessel. We discover a bunch of uh, skeletons, and we see that this ship was derelict for reasons they can't quite fathom, right? They haven't solved the mystery of what happened here. It's been a thousand years. Get yeah. it together. Yeah. this. I feel like we've been in this exact scenario with the <laughs> episode that was centered around the Chinese finger trap and how Data couldn't figure that out. Oh my the same goodness! Thing, yeah, a little bit. There are. I, I think it won't be the end of derelict ship mysteries we That's have true. to solve. Uh, I forgot that was an episode, and when Jordy reported that there was a proportional opposite reaction to their mm -hmm. energy output, I thought, oh no, it's going to be a finger trap situation <laughs> again. <laughs> again. That's a theme they don't need to carry on. I feel. Uh, so <laughs> they're trying to figure out what exactly happened there. Meanwhile, the forge does actually get some advice from Guinan. Good Best scene. advice. Uh, I wrote, gives, give some guidance, which is what I'm going to reference Ooh. it as always now, because I think that's Time what she's some there for. Yeah. I feel like we need like the AM radio show buttons. We've got the data, uh-oh, and then we need like a little jingle for some guidance. <laughs> Ready for it? Uh-oh. There you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, is Guinan into Picard, Baldwin? Well, it's I implied, don't know. maybe. Uh, she could be. <laughs> she confesses she's into bald men. She says yeah. she's into heads. And Jordy's well, like, oh, yes, they're minds. No. <laughs> the shape of their head. I want mm -hmm. a nice, smooth one, please. <laughs> I got because a head a thing, was... Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, humanoids? <laughs> Just love it. <laughs> Uh, no, she had said, like, because a bald man was kind to me once or something like that. And so it might be Picard. It might be someone else. It might be s someone that Picard reminds her of in her past. Will we find mm -hmm. out? We will find out. <gasps> yes, we will find out. This I wrote down one of the quotes, though, about him, about Jordy coming to these realizations about talking with other people and socializing. And I feel like this is something that people run into a lot, especially when we used to be in person to make communication. Huh, uh, I forget. But You're right. But she gets him to sort of trick him into saying, but I'm not trying now. And she's like, that's that's the issue. You're trying too hard without saying, 
hey, buddy, you're trying too okay, hard. Okay, this feels very pointed towards me, Xander. <laughs> yeah, Becca, we just needed to... You know. <laughs> He's just looking into the camera, Becca. It's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't socialized in a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing, it's right? True. It's like when dating, you just need to be yourself. That's who the person's going to fall in love with anyway. So if you're projecting a false image of yourself, well, that's not going to be honest. Good on-camera advice. Yeah, and we see this in action later when we see the direct change of him interacting with this hologram. As soon as she has a form of, like, sentience, Jordy drops all of the defenses and just gets into, like you said, an argument with this person, which you would never do on a first date, but this is very passionate, and you could see mm-hmm. it was sharing an interest, even though it was a hologram that was programmed to share an interest. <laughs> and there's a whole little thing there I don't know if I want to get into. Yeah. Yeah, are we getting into Jordy's first romance? First of all... Why has he never had a girlfriend before? He's so cute and wonderful and smart. It blows my mind. Are, are, is dating different in... No, we've seen Wesley do it. He's. I think he's intentionally an outlier. Like, they're trying to establish that he's mm. not just... I don't think dorky is the right word for it. I think he's genuinely... He's so into engineering. Like, the ship is a little bit of his partner in some ways. I think right? that right. they cast an extrovert to play an introvert. <laughs> right. Oh, and he's not even super introverted, but he never is any of the outgoing people in any of the social situations. You don't see him performing at all or playing music or anything like that like you do with some of the other people. Right. No trombones in his quarters. <laughs> that we see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, like, and I think even the writers, actually, there's a good quote here um, about how he is in kind of in love with the ship. Mm. Michael Piller, a producer, had said about how initially Picard was also involved, was the one who's going to be involved with the simulation. And he said, it, sh- it said, you know, Picard should be on the bridge, not just chatting with holograms. Uh, he said, ho- chatting with some woman. I said to myself, it should be Jordy because Jordy's in love with the ship. And this is a story about a, a guy in love with his 57 Chevy. That played into Jordy's character, who always has been a fumbling guy around women. But if he could just marry his car, he'd live happily ever after. So wow, he gets to create the pers- fantasy. <laughs> he gets to create the personification woman. of a woman who created the engine he loves it's sort of a relationship between he and his pontiac so i don't know how wow. i think that's one interpretation of it i think it's like a mix of those things right where it's also him exploring another person's personality because it is like a 93 percent her right based on her mm. personality test yeah but also well, like we, we've had a lot of fun here today but that guy definitely wanted to marry his car right <laughs> <laughs> like it should be legal to marry your truck that's all i'm saying <laughs> jordy's love language is his intelligence yes. and he hasn't been able to find someone that shared that until he found the origin of this computer program um or the woman who wrote it and and downloaded the personalities from various symposiums she had attended uh, into this hologram you know i thought it was sweet when i was watching it but now <laughs> that i'm seeing xander's reactions i'm realizing that's kind of creepy yeah mm. right like if you could create 93 percent of a person's responses like that's how accurate it is that is creepy right I'm going to have to get rid of all my hair dolls because now I'm seeing the error in my ways. Just because you you. can collect someone's disposed parts and reassemble them. (laughs) Doesn't mean you should. Yeah, into an item of worship. Uh, This is so interesting, too, because there's a direct parallel with some news that has been happening recently with Mm -hmm. deepfakes. Um, Basically, like deepfake technology takes 
various symposiums or movies or whatever that these people have been featured in and create like a replica. I think Tom Cruise, there was one that was going around that yeah. was really- I watched really... it mm -hmm. on TikTok. With, with the advent of TikTok, short form video that you don't normally have to verify too much, you know, you can get away with, with so much. It's basically creating that just in the long form. There's another aspect that's sort of this celebrity or idol worship too, because whatever you create in the holodeck is going to be the perfect or idealized version of that person mm -hmm. without the flaws that comes with being a human. So did they, I thought, I thought they mentioned that it was her personality was based off of like her personality profile, like on her Starfleet record or something like that, sure. which and makes I'm it sure even scarier. Have... Like, it's like, yeah. is that like her personal, like psychological profile? Like then that right. could be scarily accurate. Right. It should be encrypted. She's working on a formula and is like, I'm really into murder shows. And then just goes back to it. <laughs> oh, God. That was Can on your profile. Can we go back to deepfakes? And the difference here is that they're not living most of their lives through a screen. As we would if we were on a starship, we'd still be in our individual quarters on our individual screens. Like, hey, you know what? I'm going to work from home from the bridge today. And I'll just, right. you know, deepfake my way in there. Or send someone else in your place. I mean... The repercussions of where deepfake technology is going are just staggering and terrifying. And, uh, you know, I wish that uh, Star Trek could just answer this question for us so we didn't have to worry about it anymore. What do we do? Oh, well, in a few years, you'll be able to kiss it. So <laughs> problem solved. I mean, but the the benefit for them having deepfakes that are specific to the holodecks is that they can compartmentalize that, whereas we yeah. can't because we well, exist our lives on, on our screens. That's the thing is, and I know this is, we've, this is already an unsafe uh, episode for parents, but, you know, with the creation of the holodeck, it had to have been like seconds before someone was like, you know what we could do in here, right? <laughs> it's like internet started with porn. Yeah. Holodecks yeah. also so in, did, yeah. In that sense, working on a project and then smooching at the end is pretty pedestrian compared <laughs> to what I'm sure gets up to in the holodeck. It's just a matter of he did it with a scientist that kind right. of existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There should be a um, sign outside the holodeck. She's like, no falling in love with the simulations. Right. And no interrupting anyone while they're on the holodeck <laughs> under any circumstances. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of walking into holodeck doors all the time. And we've That's commented on be. it. But now you just took that to a whole new level. Yeah, there should you be know, like a sock it's... on it or something, right? <laughs> The computer just goes, no, sock. <laughs> sock, 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 sock. So let's see. It gets kind of slow at some point because there's just a whole lot of like, we're going to die. <laughs> and like preparing yeah. for we're going to die. It, and Jordy and her. It was all of a sudden switched on like whoops we've got like what three hours or something like three hours yeah, yeah. and th that unfortunately is kind of the middle of the show it feels like a middle of the show because they can't quite solve the problem uh jordy and dr brahms and then the other half of the crew is just worrying about how much longer they're going to make it because of radiation levels in their shields. Yeah, stuff. right. So the the we should explain, I guess. Yeah, there's the booby trap that the that uh, trapped the the other derelict ship has also trapped the Enterprise, and so they can't summon up energy to leave because all their energy is instantly drained, and any energy and they it's a one to is one. Taken. Yeah. What do you mean? What does one to one mean? Like anything uh, it's just like the matter out... to antimatter ratio. Exactly. Uh, any energy that they're putting out is being met with equal resistance. Oh, like three to, to two. Ratio. It's the same thing. Hmm, close. What? <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's one to one. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> it's hard to make. <laughs> I don't it think stick. I'm genuinely gonna ever understand this concept, but that's fine. <laughs> the slingshot is a really good idea. Yeah, and we've seen that solution before to like gravity-based problems. But what, uh, basically, what Jordy comes up with is like the the computer could do it because you need to create the slingshot effect of adjusting the energy output at the same rate that we're getting it back. And because it's exactly at the same time, uh, it's like a human couldn't react fast enough. Um, and then. I think they had said like data was even limited in his capacity to be able to do it. Yeah, but this they they like could. gave a line to cover that. Okay, but data's not going to do it. We need someone right. more interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it would be a bit of a cop out to just be like, well, the computer can't do it, but this other computer can, right? Right. Right. Uh, it seems like one of those things that is like data could easily solve this. We just need to address it in the script. So it seems like we wrote about it, yeah. but really we're just saying, nope. This won't work, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Data can't do everything. <laughs> well, then let's talk about the nature of what happens with Leah and... Um... He wasn't a Data, data Ex Machina. Oh, God. Yeah, no, data yeah, Ex Machina. Yeah. Data Ex Machina. Nice. <laughs> that should be a term hey. for getting out of anything with data powers. With data. <laughs> data Ex Machina. So good. Mm. Um, you guys know that booby trap is a double entendre for this episode, right? Because <laughs> of the hollow boobies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's there's the ship's problem, and Jordy's in his own booby trap. Right. You're welcome. Because it's her fault, even though she's a hologram. It's always the woman's fault, Xander. <laughs> it's because of what she was wearing. I was exactly. Gonna say, she's like a. Can we address the clothing? She's like a Puritan neck. level. Like, did that, yeah, that came back Amish? really briefly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pioneer. Shoulder yeah. pads. That must have been great. so warm, too, like on set under yeah. those lights. Because she had like a turtleneck situation, too, yeah. right? She covered up well because she's a scientist. Well, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think they also didn't want to like overly sexualize her because they didn't want they yeah they didn't want to like make that a whole point of it in the beginning. They wanted to work towards them actually having a relationship, not like an immediate attraction. Although I will say, her introduction is her hand appearing on frame on his shoulder, yeah. <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah, Riker didn't make this hologram. It's not <laughs> Melody. <laughs> the computer has no nuance. Like I want the scientist to show me how to do it, and here she is. Well, like you mentioned the hand on the shoulder and then we get to it eventually she initiates this kiss I think that's the most disconcerting thing for me is the initiation of these human behaviors mm -hmm. where like that's totally out of her function and her parameters Jordy should be the one to initiate it but then it looks creepy so right. it's a catch 22 I think the excuse there is that because they programmed her quote unquote personality to like a 90% level or whatever it is that she would make some decisions I guess like he added a script onto it? I don't know. But she yeah. was like a personality quiz when you joined Starfleet. And it's like, <laughs> how likely are you to make the first move? In the and workplace. Yeah, in the workplace. Is there a <laughs> dial he can turn up for kissability or something? He's yeah, like, yeah. Just, just smoochums. Yeah, smooch. <laughs> turn up the smoochums to the sliders. <laughs> smooch to maximum. I yeah, didn't understand the slingshot mechanic of how the ship was going to get out of these asteroids that seem to be hiding some sort of booby trap. Um, but it did make me think, hold on, all you have to do is, like, this is basically Apex Legends, right, Jake? So you could have gotten <laughs> them out of here. 
Uh, no, there's gravity in Apex. So the thing is, there's no, there is gravity in space. There's no gravity in space except for the objects that are there, right? So yeah. Uh, and really, in all space travel, they're always calculating gravitational pull. So like when we put probes out to Mars, we're lining it up with where Mars will be when it gets there. We're actually lining it where Mar- Mars isn't in some ways. But the gravitational pull of our planet and any planets that are like on the way, which there aren't any between us and Mars, but like anything that gets in our path, we have to adjust for. Same with the Enterprise. So Mm -hmm. he can't just skirt out of there. He has to use the asteroid gravitational pull to pull him and then do a little thrust maneuver at the end and slide out of there. So yeah, I guess it is a little apexy. It's it's using the physics of the the asteroids as opposed to their warp drive or their engines. So it's basically like using little uh, air thrusters to get into a position to you know, use that to slingshot out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jordy enhances it with like, we have to turn everything off <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like no, human I think that's can a dramatic no pull. Like, do it. We need to like, just, yeah. just it's, I think he's like trying to pull a sweet maneuver in that Pontiac. Like there definitely is a car lover who was in the writer's room here. Yeah. And they're like, it can't be automatic. It has to be a manual. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You need to take manual control. And, and we get this moment of Picard sort of, you know, back to that boyish excitement. But he's like, I need to take responsibility for this ship and for anything that happens. I'm going to drive mm-hmm. and get out of here, mm-hmm. Ensign Crusher. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, you have never steered a ship before, Picard? Can you maybe? Right. No, I'm the captain. Okay. It's me. Okay. I built um, several in bottles. He's <laughs> definitely going to kill us, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Somehow he didn't, though. Uh, and that, that car pr- lover gets a real big payoff when he gives <laughs> Le- <laughs> Leah Brahms the line, every time you touch this engine, oh, yeah. it's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, what state is it that you can marry your car in? <laughs> Florida, probably. Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Florida man. I see the article now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you. Oh, one other thing I forgot to mention was Riker, once again, we've we've referenced how he loves to use away teams to solve mysteries because he didn't get to go on the first away team. And then when they were like, well, we need to solve this issue, he's like, maybe we should have another away team go back and I'll lead it this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, well, you weren't supposed to let the captain go. And so he's like, see? <laughs> yeah. You see just did it yeah. Let me try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was a uh, this was an interesting one. I I I I wanted it to be I don't know. I wanted it to be a little bit more dramatic. The end the end scene where he's piloting out was a good example of making a not much action dramatic. They did a good job with the music in that. I thought and a lot of yeah. the a lot of the shots and staging of everybody looking concerned. But in reality, if we'd just done a wide, it's just everybody at their console staring at a screen and Picard very occasionally just going beep. I mean, props to the acting, too, because you felt the tension with everybody, and that's tough to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was interesting they didn't have, like, Crusher and Troy and, uh, like, pretty much half the command team, like, Worf also, like, helping out around the ship. Everybody was on the bridge to have reaction shots, right? Everybody right. with a single hand Worried on glances. Picard's shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The ultimate show of support. <laughs> Callback. And he's like, don't look at me while I pilot. I can't do it when you watch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, five out of ten. You know, we got yeah, that it's fine. Guinan, it's fine. Guinanets. Yeah, I kind of wanted more Guinan. Her, her. That was yeah. like just a very quick scene, and she really didn't even help him. She's just like, be yourself, and that was it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Fun fact: they actually built the set to ten forward in Whoopi Goldberg's basement because uh, <laughs> it, it's really yeah. hard to get her. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Accommodations must be made because that was gold. Yep. <laughs> For good reason. I wonder if the guy that wanted to marry his car knew about Transformers because I feel like that could be transformative in how he views his car. Oh. Important questions. <laughs> hey, what's next week, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> well, next week, I'm so glad you asked, Becca, because next week we have an even better Geordie-centric episode. Ooh. <gasps> yeah, which I think we kind of need. Like, we need, like, I, this is a good try. It's like, let's just do it again <laughs> and do it better. To no fault of LeVar Burton. Not at I all. Think no. Giving, uh, yeah. Given a bad script, well, not bad script, but like a mediocre script, I think he did a phenomenal job with what he had. Uh, like I said, and I think we've said this multiple times in this show, like, we think the actors are all pretty solid in what they've been yeah. given. Like, you know, they, they do a good job with, with, with some very bananas choices sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except for the one that we got rid of season one. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we also, <laughs> that's true. And we also have to remember that, like, LeVar Burton is doing all this without access to showing his eyes, which is right. a hard thing to do and wow. also very difficult in romance, I think. Yeah. I, think, um, I can't believe that you're the first one to mention it this episode. Right, right. Yeah. yeah you're we so just correct. We forgot that most people do most of their acting with their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> And like when you're supposed to have a connection with another person and show connection and show depth, he actually did that a lot with his face without having to reveal anything in those uh, beautiful brown pool. Well, I guess uh, white pools of eyes uh, below, below those. Right. <laughs> if you've with seen LeVar Burton without the contacts, he has beautiful eyes beyond that too. <laughs> what a shame to cover them up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, ugh, mind blown. Well, we'll get to see him someday. But uh, next week we're going to visit the episode The Enemy. LaForge and a Romulan are trapped on a planet ravaged by electromagnetic storms. Meanwhile, Worf turns out to be the only viable donor to save the life of an injured Romulan aboard the Enterprise. Romulans! Yeah, we haven't seen many Romulans. Mm -mm. Finally getting into them after being promised them, like, we feel like sometime in early, like, late season one, they're like, yeah. More Romulans are coming, baby. <laughs> I'm here for those brows. Let's get to <laughs> it. <laughs> Warp eight and a half? Yeah, sure. Engage! Engage. Don't kiss the hologram. <laughs>